Is that music for the masses? Isopod faithful listener Charlie Kittredge, welcome to the program. Hello. Charlie, how are you? Hello, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. It's been way too long uh, since I've been it on has. here. Been trying to get on for a few months, but you know, life life happens. Life happens. 2020. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Cor- you did have one cancellation on us. That was that was your fault, and then otherwise we just haven't yeah, been recording. Yeah, definitely at all my my so. bad there. But you know, here here we are. So. Yeah, we're here. We're here. We are. And uh, season finale. Uh, oh man, we're excited about this episode. This is, this is a big episode. This is something that we always look forward to, uh, giving out our favorite uh, albums and songs um, of the year. So the way that we're going to do it uh, is we're going to start with our songs first, and those are in no particular order. Uh, we're just going to be trading off back and forth, uh, naming our our ten songs. Uh, and then we're going to get straight into the albums, uh, and those are in order. So we're going to start with our tenth favorite of the year. We've slaved over those lists. <laughs> yeah, making some late changes uh, <laughs> yesterday, um, and then work our way to our favorites. So that's how we're going to do it. Um, but first of all, I want to briefly talk about uh, the recent Playboy Cardi album release that was uh last week on christmas uh this was the long-awaited studio album from playboy cardi his third studio album um and quite honestly i don't really have a whole lot to say about it um but i i was i was pretty disappointed with it and i think a lot of fans were too um and i think a, a large part of that has to do with the fact that he's been talking about this album for practically three years. Um, and I think that kind of sets up the artist for uh, maybe not failure, but like just the anticipation is way too high for uh, for their fans. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't call myself, you know, a diehard Playboy Cardi fan, but at the same time, I, w- I was excited to, to hear it, especially with as much as he's been talking about it, um, especially after that single that he dropped uh, earlier in the year, which didn't even appear on the album, which I, I found a little surprising. But um, yeah, it's a long album, too. It's about an hour uh, plus, I believe. Yeah, a little yeah. over. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan of it. There's a, there a couple on there that I, I thought were great. But overall, I, uh, yeah, I'm not not big on it. Um, but I think, I think it kind of, uh, showed me that, uh, if you're as big of an artist as he is with such a loyal fan base that he has, I think it might be best to, uh, not, uh, prolong your, uh, your album drop for three years. Uh, and some of it might be due to all the leaks though. I feel like no artist gets as many songs and tracks leaked as Playboy Cardi. Yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah, he does. He does get a lot of leaks, and he plays a lot of unreleased stuff at his shows when we did have concerts. Um, but 
yeah, I I don't know. I know a lot of some some fans really like it. I'm I'm pretty indifferent to it. Did he put out that signal um, yeah, earlier this I, year I, indicating that it would be on the album? Because that would be really weird if he just put out a signal and then he's like, oh, just kidding, the album's coming later. I don't think he said that it was going to be on the album, but um, even it wasn't received very well. Even though Jack yeah, really was, liked that yeah, track, I was I was pretty shocked um, that it, that was not received well by by the majority of his fans. But I loved it for sure. Um, anyway, besides that, not too much new music this week. Uh, SZA released an incredible single called good days um but besides that our playlist is shaping up to be pretty pretty bare this week so check it out on thursday but as of now it's it's four songs long so uh let's get into our yeah i don't think so let's get into our favorite tracks of the year uh again these these are not in order but uh jack you want to start us off yeah sure um i'll start us off with um one of the one of the lead singles to uh, a new artist that i was not familiar with before this year and that is jimmy stack uh with his single for his uh uh his first full-length album uh this song is sweet summer sweat which i believe was a Corey choice earlier in the year um that's featuring dijon uh and you know we've we're big fans of uh, of his. I think we had uh, his uh, Nico's Red Truck song on our on our favorite songs list last year. Um, it's on the perfect playlist. Perfect at playlist. Least. It's yeah, it's on there for sure. But yeah, this is. Um, I mean, as the song suggests, it's a, it's a great summer song. Uh, great vibe. Love that. Uh, that's one of mine. Let's switch to Charlie. Uh, yeah. What do you got? Um, so in my, well, again, songs are in no particular order. And for me, I mean, my list, I might kind of just picked 10 songs that I felt really kind of defined a year and really made an impact on me this year. So not even like, I wouldn't even say they're the top 10 songs this year. It's just like the 10 that I think I listen to the most. So coming yeah. in at my number 10 spot is 3531 uh, by Childish Gambino. That's, I think, the catchiest song off of his album that came out uh, this year. It's great. You know, it's the one that goes, little foot, big foot, get out the way. I'm going to show you how to move great it. Great impression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I am just bouncing around like crazy every time that song comes on, and I listen to it a lot. So that one, couldn't couldn't miss the list there. Sick. Very nice. My first track is Freeze Tag by dinner party this was the super group of uh terrence martin ninth wonder kamasi washington and robert glasper uh i talked about this in length when it came out but um i actually just took it off my top 10 albums list because the internet says it's an ep i have some beef with that but uh the the hook is the melody i hummed and sung to myself the most this year so i'm gonna i'm gonna Show up, Charlie here, and they told me put my hands up behind my head. I think they got the wrong one. I'm sick and tired of running. I can't get over this song. If it if it wasn't so, I I, I guess what I mean to say is if if you don't listen to the lyrics, this is the funkiest, jazziest, most upbeat, positive song. And then you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, oh, this is a protest song, yeah. and. It's incredible. The, the whole album's really that way. It's just seven tracks long, and they all hit for me. It's my favorite 
album to play at the coffee shop. So funky, sweet, so groovy, so jazzy. I love it. Nice. Um, switching to uh, to my ninth, uh, or I guess my second uh, favorite song of the year. Um, this is one of uh, James Blake's um, singles that he released. He released a couple singles throughout the year, but this was by far my favorite. Uh, Are you even real? Um, this was uh, this dropped after um, Your Two Precious, I believe, uh, and that was that was actually close to making making the list. But I think Are You Even Real? That to me, I just continue to go back to that this year. Uh, it's just we we use this word a lot, but it's it's so atmospheric, like it just puts you in this like otherworldly state. I love it so much. If there's, I mean, if there's nobody that's good at good one. doing atmospheric stuff, it's it's James Blake. He's oh yeah, he's the king. Like nobody else. All right, I guess I'll, I'll go into my next one. Um, so my next one on my list is "Run" by Joji. Uh, Joji's nice. album came out this year. It was Nectar, and that was fantastic. That was my first introduction to him, and I think I listened to that album probably for like an entire week on repeat. Run is, <laughs> I think, probably the most powerful song on that album, and it's really just showcases his vocal skill and just skill as an artist. So that's that's my pick. Cool. Yeah, great, great track there. My next song is America by Sufian Stevens, another protest song, actually. Um, he called it a song against the sickness of American culture in particular. Uh, there's very, as I said, limited lyrics on this. Um, so there's a lot of ways to interpret the message, but I think it's pretty clear. It's this epic 12 minute closing track to, uh, his album, The Ascension. It was actually the first single released on July 4th. And I guess I'm a sucker for closing tracks. Apparently we'll get into that a little bit later, but this was a really epic 12 minute song, uh, from Sufi. Nice one. Um, moving to our third, uh, our third pick. Um, this is a, an, another artist that I was not aware of before this year, and that's James Ivy, um, uh, featuring Harry Teardrop and In Stupendo, I think. Um, but yeah, this is a, a a single. He only has three songs on Spotify, I think, um, and this is the most recent called Yearbook. Um, I just. Th- if it this is easily one of my most played songs of of the year and probably will show up on my most played songs of uh, of 2021 i just i can't get enough of it uh it's got this like alt rock um kind of kind of hip hop vibe too um i just i love the i love the production on this and then james like belts out the 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 outro uh just makes it this like epic feeling song um yeah i think i I think i've talked about this this song before but um sure have jack that's the one you sent Uh, me right i did yeah Yeah. that's quite a track right there yeah i love it i love it love it love it all right next up i have plastic door by kenny hoopla and oh, yeah, Corey. <laughs> yeah, that was a Corey nice. and Corey definitely introduced me to uh, Kenny Hoopla this year. And my goodness, 
the EP that he put out, How Will I Rest in Peace If I'm Buried by a Highway. I listened to that probably again for probably two weeks straight when I when I heard uh, when I heard the tracks on the on the Isopod playlist. So mm-hmm. Kenny Hoopla is definitely definitely one that is really kicking at the kind of alt rock emo door, and he's doing a doing a heck of a job. Yeah, it, that, that's 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 kind of got a similar vibe to that yearbook track that I just talked about. Absolutely, um, it's got same same kind of style. Yeah, definitely. Very very nice. Uh, my next song is "Cut Me" by Moses Sumney off his Gray album. Uh, he performed this on this YouTube series Colors, and that show that that live performance just convinced me that this is one of the best vocal performances ever. His range and pipes create melodies I'm just not really familiar with. And fittingly, it was a song he wrote as a tribute to Aretha Franklin, one of the best to ever do it. So, uh, Moses Sumney, check out this album, check out this track in particular. Totally. Uh, next up for me is, uh, we just talked about him, Playboy Cardi's uh, single, At Me. Um, wow. I also, this is a track that I continue to go back to during the year. It is so fun. If you're an, a, re, even remotely a Playboy Cardi fan, this is why uh, I got into him, at least in the first place. Um, it's got this like video game like like childlike instrumentation uh, that he he does his quintessential baby voice. Uh, rap style um, over over that beat. I'm I'm obsessed with it. Uh, yeah, and again, did not show up on the new album, but I think it far and away blows out any song that showed up on the album. Um, so, except for Slayer. <laughs> that's a that's a take. I don't know anything about Playboy Cardi, so I don't know if that's a good take or if that's it's a right. bad take. But you know, anyways, right. it's all right. All right, my next track is uh, "The Difference" by Flume and Toro Imoy. Oh, wow. that track! Yeah. That is the collaboration that I never knew that I needed. But <laughs> I feel like Toro Imoy could work with anybody on the planet. But with his collab with Flume, really, really does something for me. I don't know what it is, but it really gets me going. Nice so, call. Yeah, really nice. Sweet. My next track is Picture Perfect by Umi. If you were listening to Isopod early in the year, you will know that I had a pretty big Umi obsession. She was on the playlist every other week. Uh, This was her first release of 2020. Um, And it's just a song about wondering about Next Lover. And it's just the artwork on it's gorgeous. The track is just flawless. I, I, I love this one. Beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, going into another beautiful song, uh, this is uh, a lead single uh, for Free Phoebe Bridger's uh, Punisher album. Oh, yes. Um, this is Kyoto. This is a, a song about her uh, day off in Kyoto. Uh, and I don't know why, but every time, I mean, I know why, but every time I listen to the song, it brings me back to those thrilling days. Uh uh, going through the streets of Japan with with, with oh, did you go to Shin Kyoto Tori and 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 Matt? We did go to Kyoto. Yes, we did. Wow, nice. Um, 
but yeah, the the song is um, it's 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 more about uh, her not ever feeling like she's settled in one place, like she always wants to be in a different place. Um, and yeah, I this was this was my favorite off of uh, uh, off of that album. A lot to like from that album, uh, and I have a feeling that we might come back to that album uh, uh, in a couple of minutes here. But um, uh, hey, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Favorite off of Punisher. Nice. All right. My next one is Honest by San Holo and Broods. This was a single that he put out pretty early this year um, that I think was probably a, is a really strong standalone track by him. I think his his strength is absolutely in album work and larger composition. But from a single standpoint, I think this is one of his strongest singles that he's put out. And the collab with Broods also is really, really great. So mm-hmm. awesome track. Broods came out with an album last but, year, right? I think so. I don't remember what I don't remember what it was that. called, but I remember listening to it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did like that. Yeah. Nice. My next song is Fear of God by Kanye. Whoa, not Kanye. Conway, the machine featuring DJ Loaf. Uh, This was the second song off his album. Uh, The first song from King was the one I put on the playlist. And I think these two opening tracks are rival any opening two tracks on a hip hop album. The way this beat builds to the rap verse of the year, in my opinion. Uh, Fuck your top five if it ain't me, he says. So here he is. Uh, DJ Loaf. Um, has this really cold verse at the end. She spits as well. Just a really dope track. I, I love this song. Cool. Uh, next up for me, we were just talking about collaborations uh, that we didn't know we needed. Well, this one is uh, one that I did not know that I needed in my life, but here we are. This is Exile by Taylor Swift featuring Justin Vernon, Boney Bear. Oh, love it. What a song. Wow. I cannot get enough of this this is uh oh man i really hope that they continue to work together because this is this is something special um i mean i think every everybody i showed this song to they all were obsessed with it they continue to tell me wow i did not know this existed and uh it does and i i'm i'm so happy oh yeah me too we'll we'll definitely be getting into that later um, yes. So yeah, my next track that I have is "Blinding Lights" by The Weeknd. Mm. Um, I loved The Weeknd's album that he put out this year, and "Blinding Lights" by far I think is the best song on it. Um, this this year was definitely a year where synth pop came back in a major way, and I think The Weeknd absolutely paved paved the way for for a lot of for. Um, a lot of the music that I was listening to that was very synth pop heavy and it was, I just, I just love it. It's so eighties. It's so fun. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Totally eighties. Yeah. Nice call. Absolutely. We have our first repeat of the day. My next track is plastic door by Kenny Duplass. So Charlie said it all really catchy pop funk fusion. Love this track. Next up for me uh, is Sunny's Time by Caribou. 
Um, another artist that I was not aware of before 2020, Caribou, uh, electronic artist. Apparently, he's kind of a legend in the industry. Everybody that I uh, that I follow in terms of like I, Charlie's the electronic music guy, so like he would know this more than I would. But it seems like the guys that I follow, um, electronic musicians, they all really gravitated towards um caribou's suddenly album uh that was released earlier in the year um and to me like i'm not a huge like i'm i like electronic music but it's not like my go-to you know but this it's hard to listen to sunny's time and not uh become somewhat a fan it is um uh it's otherworldly it is the production isn't just insanity um if you i mean yeah i Kept going back to this one too. My favorite off of set that suddenly album. Yeah, I need to revisit that suddenly album. I don't think I've listened to it probably since the summer, and I think because of that, like I don't remember a lot of the tracks off it, but I remember loving it. And Caribou absolutely is a legend. He's been in the game for a long for a long time, and he yeah. um, really knocked it out of park with this album. I think. Yeah, I know Corey went back for. I haven't gone back to his earlier stuff, Caribou, but I think. Corey talked about how he there's yeah, a lot you went back to turn turns out i like everything he's ever released so <laughs> i mean yeah, he i he was new to me this year actually as well like i think i maybe dabbled in a few of his songs or a few of his albums like previously in years past but i should definitely take a deeper dive into his mm. into his discography yeah all right next up on my list is dreams by fleetwood mac and i think that song uh, needs no other explanation. Um, I listened to this song so much. It was insane. And I listened to all of Rumors by Fleetwood Mac um, a lot this year. And I think I don't really need to explain why. It was stuck in my head for months. That's that's hilarious because that I don't know if you have any other songs in your list that were not released in 2020, but <laughs> I think I think Dreams is an exception here because of the that stupid cranberry juice video. Oh <laughs> yeah, yep, that's the only one that I have on here that wasn't released in 2020. So that's that's, that's hilarious. I'll I'll take that one. Um, that's so funny. yeah. <laughs> Very nice. My next pick is. My favorite track from Punisher, the Phoebe Bridgers album. It is I Know the End, and we go from folk to metal within like five minutes, and I just love everything about it. I love that Man, I Hate This Part of Texas uh, line. That that I just say that anytime I go places now. <laughs> I think it's funny. Um but we, we have everything on this track. Uh, I, I I love it. She screams at the end. That's the best part. Um, <laughs> the best yeah, part. We'll, we'll get into Punisher. <laughs> cool. Um, next up for me is uh, my favorite track off of Mac Miller's uh, posthumous album, Circles. This is Blue World. Um, I cannot get enough of that sample that John Bryan has over those mac verses my gosh uh what a track this is just high energy and it actually is one of the only tracks on that album that are pretty 
um, up tempo. Most of them are are pretty somber and and uh, and a little slower. Um, this is very very uh, experimental experimental for Max Sound. Um, and to me, it's just a it's a shame that you know we we couldn't we're not able to to hear more of this um, since he's he's not with us anymore. But um, man, what a what a song! Great pick. My next one is uh, Something Comforting by Porter Robinson. Um, I was going to pick Get Your Wish, but I think um, I think Jack's got Jack that, covered, that covered, and I don't think that's a spoiler for anybody. Dude, you don't even know me. <laughs> something, yeah, Something Comforting is my favorite single that he's put out this year. Um, it's much more upbeat, much more um, fast-paced than kind of the other stuff, that uh, the other singles that he's put out, and I think it's a much more... Um, it's much more, what's the word I'm thinking of much more true to his style that he kind of set for us in worlds. Um, mm-hmm. and for that reason, it's, I think I like it more than get your yeah. wish. I, I, I get that. I've, I've talked to a few, uh, well, you know, I've, I've become a Porter stand this year, uh, <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, and, uh, and I've, I've, I've spoken to some, uh, some Porter faithful on the uh, Reddit subpage, uh, and, they all seem to share that sentiment of um, it's it's a little more true to to his world's album. So you're not the only the, the first person to, to say that. So it makes sense. Nice pick. My next track is Lockdown by Anderson Pack. Uh, it's another gorgeous, funky protest song um, that would also appear as a dance track until you listen to the lyrics. Um, it's a pretty simple song, but I really like the way it's structured and the metaphors he uses uh, right at the height of the George Floyd protests uh, back in, what was that, May, June. Um, So, love this song. Nice. Um, Shifting to, uh, this is getting down to uh, our our last two here. Um, For me, I'm going with That Way by Lil Uzi Vert, who was my most played artist in 2020. Um, no surprises there, but, um, he samples the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Um, ever since I, I heard it, this, this dropped like right before, um, quarantine, I think. But, um, once I heard that sample, I was, I was like, are you kidding me? This is, this is unbelievable. I think, I mean, it it really matches his energy. And this is just a perfect example why I, I, I I gravitate and, and love Uzi's music, I think. Because it's just impossible to listen to this song and not be in a really good, positive mood. Um, I also think that his singing is a little underrated, um, especially after hearing a song like this, where the majority of the track has him belting, whether it be the chorus or, or the verses. Um, he doesn't have a bad voice, I don't think. Um, and I this was, I think, my second most played song of the year um and uh i'll probably go into uh i'll go into my my most played <laughs> song next spoiler alert but yeah that way we'll lose you Bert. fantastic all right yeah we're down to the final two my next one is in case i never see you again by son holo this is absolutely my favorite track off of his uh stay vibrant ep slash album that he put out this year. Um, it is just like a, it's like a six and a half or seven minute, just like 
atmospheric ambient kind of developing um track and it's just one of the most beautiful things i think i've ever heard i don't i can't think of any other way to describe it so yeah next we have good news by mac miller uh this was the first single the only single i think uh before that circles album uh Obviously, horribly sad in the context of Mac's death. I had a really hard time listening to it initially. Um, so tired of being so tired. Uh, but just a gorgeous gift to leave us with. And it was actually my most played song in 2020, despite that. So came out early in the year. And yeah, not sure I'll ever stop listening to that one. Nice. Um, last ones, boys. Uh, this is... Uh, my most played song of 2020. And what's crazy about this is I did not know this until Spotify told me, but I listened to this over a hundred times after two days of its release, uh, which is, (laughs) which is, I don't know if I've ever done that with any song. And that of course is get your wish by Porter Robinson. Um, (laughs) I love this song so much. I, I think I, I think I like it because not only the message that it has, because I know that Charlie and I have talked about how Porter had uh, a really tough time um, mentally, uh, like psychologically after, uh, after the world's album, um, just, you know, trying to, you know, make, make new music and not having this writer's block and feeling like the things that he's writing isn't good enough, uh, you know, so on. But um I love this song just because of of the place that uh, that he found himself while he he made this song. Not uh, he made this song with the idea of not making something based on like what other people would think of it, but based on how he was feeling. Um, and I think that's kind of reflective of a lot of music that he that he's been making leading up to uh, uh, the Nurture album. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm equally as obsessed with it now as I was when it first released. I think it's gorgeous. I don't think I've ever heard of a song affecting a person more than I've heard of Get Your Wish Affecting Jack. (laughs) It's absolutely insane how much you love this song. I love it so much. All right. My last pick is Frail State of Mind by the 1975. This is my favorite uh, track off of their album from this year, Notes on a Conditional Form. Um, And I think it, for me, I reflected a lot of moods during quarantine and after, and I think it really reflects on things that a lot of people go through and mentally. And um, I think it's just a really powerful yet really fun and catchy track. So it's a nice juxtaposition and it's a really interesting song. My final track is... Heaven to a Tortured Mind by Eve's Tumor. Uh, this was the first song off uh, Gospel for a New Century. This was the first I'd ever heard of Eve's Tumor, and it is this rock anthem, which is not how most of the following songs sound, but uh, just quite the intro. I, I think the vocals contrast with the, the rock, the rock guitar and drums so... Well, I I can't get over this song. Yeah, I think it's so fresh and interesting and such a different different sound. 
Very nice. Well, there you have it, folks. Those are our 10 favorites of uh, the year. We'd love to hear from you uh, what your 10 favorite songs are of the, of the year. Just DM us or whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'd love to hear uh, what songs you were vibing to. But let's get right into our top 10 albums of the year. I, I didn't count up the amount of albums. I don't know if you did this, Corey, but I didn't count up the amount of albums that I listened to this year. It was probably... I don't think I listened to as much music this year as I did last year, um, but I'm... I listened to way yeah, more. Yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> um, but still a substantial amount of, of albums to choose from of the year. A lot of, a lot of good music uh, to choose from, for sure. Um, so let's start with our 10th favorite, and then we'll, we'll work our way down to our favorite. So for me... Uh, my 10th favorite album of the year is from uh, Novo Amor with um, with his, I think this is his second studio album, uh, Cannot Be Whatsoever is what it's called. It's either his second is or coming, third. I don't know. Second, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is coming off of um, Birthplace, which was his 2018 album. And maybe that was his second. So maybe you're right. This is his third. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a short album. It's only thirty minutes, um, but I think this has my favorite crop of Novo Novo Amor songs. Um, it's very clear from the start that he, I think, is very influenced by Bon Iver with some of the arrangements that he has um, with songs such as Halloween and If We're Being Honest. Uh, but I'm all for it. I'm I'm a huge Bon Iver fan. So anybody trying to you know, um, expand that, that sound. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, love the softness in his vocals on all the songs here. Uh, that, that same vocal performance that we've been known, known to hear from, from Novo Amor. Uh, highlights for me included Opaline, Decimal, Birdcage, and Keep Me. I think it's a beautiful record and like Birthplace will be an album that I will continue to, to go back to. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you there, Jack. Anybody that can emulate Bon Iver as well as Novo Amor does is going to get a listen from me every single time. Yeah. And Novo yeah. Amor just keeps getting better with every album they put, that they put out. So yeah. uh, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Honorable mention for my list. Um, coming in at the number 10 spot for me is Earth by EOB. Uh, this is a solo project from Radiohead guitarist Ed O'Brien. Um, this album is incredibly unique, and that's, I think, the most accurate way I think I can describe it. It's very polished, very genre-bending, but I like I can't put it in any one specific genre. The like difference in sounds that he use that he uses and the arrangements, it's all just super interesting and i i don't think i've ever heard anything like it so coming in at the number 10 spot nice nice well after taking dinner party out of my top 10 minutes ago uh don't worry i have a top 30 all lined up so the number 11 record slides in uh which is now number 10 the price of tea in china by boldy james and the alchemist uh this is unapologetically hip-hop um it's this mesmerizing refined dark street 
uh, live look in from Boldy James, his first of four records on the year. Uh, this was my intro to Boldy, and I don't even know if we talked about it too much on the podcast because I didn't find this album until yeah, a couple didn't. of months after it was released, but um, it's it's the best album he's released ever, in my opinion, thanks to The Alchemist's lush, soulful soundscapes. Um, this is grimy this is hip-hop uh scrape the bowl and snort were two of my favorites from this track or from this album uh some great features from vince staples and uh and freddie gibbs cool very nice uh number nine for me is um circles by mac miller we just talked a little bit about his album uh from our our song list but um this album was recorded simultaneously with Swimming, which released back in 2018. And like Corey said a little bit earlier, this one was tough to get through just, you know, from the circumstances um, and how how we now know how Mac died, how it was an accidental overdose. It's just listen to some of these songs and how he was able to or trying to really overcome his uh, his demons of, you know, alcohol abuse and, and drug abuse um, and how he really seemed to be in a really good place mentally and physically uh, just kind of shows the direction that he wanted to take his music. Um, uh, not that swimming was an indication of that, but this kind of solidified uh, where that was going. Um, and yeah, this is another great example of, of, uh, of Mac being a true, a true artist or trying to, you know, really expand his, his sound. Um, he, he really stepped into this, like, singer songwriter kind of um uh kind of arena uh whereas very early in his career he was all about making hype music and now he's really making uh he was starting to make um music that he really cared about uh heavily influenced by jazz just like swimming was um uh yeah so i don't know i don't know what else needs to be said about about an album like this but um Super, super powerful record. Uh, something that I'll probably go back to uh, from his discography. Awesome. Yeah, my next my next album is uh, actually I think it's an EP, so I'm cheating a little bit. Uh, it's Before by yeah. by James Blake. Um, nice. I guess the m- most important thing I have to say about James Blake is that nobody is better at creating a truly unique and powerful instrument out of the human voice as James Blake is. What he does with his voice and the way that he melds it and twists it and kind of, uh, I guess, creates synergy with all the rest of his sounds is truly remarkable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's about all I have to say there. Yeah, and Jack and I never really got into the covers EP he just released a few weeks ago, but I think that's a perfect example of that because those are all, for the most part, songs we know pretty well and the way he's able to twist them to sound in completely different musical pieces is pretty remarkable and uh, pretty apparent of his skill vocally. Uh, My next album, my ninth album is Color Theory by Soccer Mommy. I think an album I dubbed Album of the Year back in February. (laughs) Um, 
But uh, it, it stood the test of time. Uh, it's got this brighter, adventurous production than we've heard from Soccer Mommy in the past, paired with some of Allison's grimmest writing to date. Um, so it's pretty, pretty interesting, interesting record that gets into all sorts of topics and all sorts of sounds. So a really good sophomore LP from Sophia Allison. Nice. Honorable mention on my list. Same. For sure. Same here. Um, Craft up, uh, in the eighth spot for me is RTJ4 by Run the Jewels. Um, I can't really talk about this album without touching on how the group released this during the civil unrest in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. Um, the group released this album for free during that time. And honestly, I don't think I could have wanted to listen to any other album during that time other than RTJ4. Uh, I was pretty much only playing this album along with Tip of a Butterfly for a couple weeks. Um, so uh, yeah, this I, I think the timing of it and just how, I mean, the energy and chemistry is, is you know it's always gonna be there on an, on an, an RTJ record. Um, love tracks like Ooh La La, Holy Kalama Fuck, uh, Walking in the Snow. Uh, those are definitely highlights. Um, and you know, uh, they just they they aren't afraid to tackle really tough social issues that um, continue to be um, standout issues in society. And um, uh, this album definitely showcased that. Awesome. Uh, my next one, I'm uh, cheating again as well. You might as well just kick me off the podcast right now. Um, but I put two albums in one spot, and I think it'll become apparent why when I say what they are. They are Folklore and Evermore yeah, by Taylor yeah. Swift. These albums I don't think you can talk about separately, really. And I mean, that's the way that I think about them. I kind of think about them as one big, long epic i guess um that's how i've been listening to them the last like month or so well basically since evermore came out i've been kind of just listening to them on repeat together and they are absolutely amazing it's absolutely a renaissance for taylor swift she's really gone back to her roots in a much more mature way and i think what really brings it together is kind of what jack was touching on with the with the song pick is his, her her collabs and then the production from Aaron Dessner I think is really makes totally. these albums really takes them to the next level. Aaron Dessner is an absolute animal for as a producer and he I will always listen to stuff that he puts out. Yeah, for those who don't know Aaron Dessner of course a part of the National yep. band um Yep. Yeah, he's he's all over production on Evermore and Folklore, so yeah. he's you know um, he's right in the middle of of, of those two uh, of those two sounds. Yeah, absolutely. Gun to your head, you have to huh? pick one, Charlie. Gun to your head, you have to pick Folklore oh, or Evermore. Uh, I think Folklore, just because of the nice. Bonnie Bear collab. All right, and he's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. 
My next pick, my eighth pick, is Song Machine Season 1 by The Gorillas. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that every single they released all year was on every playlist. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't have much to add. I, I don't think this album as a whole is, is like the conceptual masterpiece that all my other picks are. But um, this is just a really impressive collection of tracks. There, There isn't really a weak link on here, and it's 20 songs long. So, dude, I, my favorite album by I them. Almost, uh, better than Plastic Beach, in my opinion, in my book. All you Gorilla fans out there, tell us, uh, tell us your favorite uh, Gorilla's album and tell Corey why he's wrong. I don't really have a preference, to be honest. I think both are fantastic. Um. I almost put Pac-Man on my uh, on my song list. It's very close, very very. Schoolboy, Schoolboy Q feature, yeah. Uh, at the seventh spot for my list is After Hours by The Weeknd. Uh, uh, this is uh, uh, you know classic Abel right here. Sad Boys uniting for a fourteen-track knockout record here. Uh, like Charlie was saying, this is a fantastic synth pop album that takes you right back to the 80s um if you lived in the 80s obviously we did not uh, but i love the range of tempos with the track list from the melodic ballad of uh of snow child to the club bangers of heartless faith and blinding lights um his performances on tracks like hardest to love scared to live and after hours are uh very very uh, powerful and showcase his uh, vocal ability to the highest degree. Um, and I was, I wasn't a huge Starboy fan, and I think this is kind of a return to form for uh, for the weekend in a sense. Um, yeah, so that's my excellent my pick. Can't go wrong there. Uh, number seven for me is. Golden Hour by Kygo. And Jack, I think, knows how huge of a Kygo fan I am and have been for years and years. I think we were roommates in freshman year of college when I discovered Kygo, and Jack didn't hear we the sure end of were. it until until we'd moved out of college and graduated. And um, Kygo, absolutely, with this album, is back in a major way. I think he... This is probably the album that I've been waiting for him to release since he, since he's I discovered him. I think he absolutely went back to what kind of made him popular, which was remixing, and uh, he he I mean he uses the same amount of collaboration as he has in previous albums, but in this one it's just different. It feels much more pure, feels much more. Uh, true to his sound and true to his origins. And for that reason, it's, it's right there on my list. It's excellent. Nice. My pick at number seven is from King to a God by Conway. The machine just talked about my favorite album or sorry, song off this album. That one, two punch at the start is so, so such a start for a hip hop record. What a, and what a start it is. Out of all, uh, out of Griselda's 
dozen, I think they released at least a dozen albums this year. This was the one that stuck with me the most. I thought it was going to be Pray for Paris by West Side Gun. I thought it was going to be Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher. But this album by Conway the Machine has stuck with me the most. And another flawless track list, in my opinion. Uh, coming in at number six for me is The New Abnormal by The Strokes. Uh, first collaboration album uh, with legendary producer Rick Rubin, which I did not know he was uh, the executive producer on this until about a month out of a month after uh, the release of this. Um, makes sense. I, I haven't really been super thrilled with the past couple Strokes albums. Um, I thought they were okay. Um, but I mean, I think this crop of songs feel so fresh and, uh, a great expansion of, of their sound that they set with, is this it? And you kind of hear some, um, some nods to their old sound with the track, uh, bad decisions. I think that that could, you could throw that on, is this it? And it would fit right in there. Um, love the bass thumping opener of adults are talking uh, the synth-induced melody of Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus, um, and then Bad Decisions, of course. And then the major highlight for me comes at uh, at, do- at the Door, which um, I think showed up on our playlist early- earlier this year. The vocal performance from Julian, uh, lead singer, is by far the star on, on that track. Um, continue to go back to that. So the new Abnormal. Fantastic cover art, by the way. Uh, we all know Jack yeah, loves his cover six. art. Oh, yeah. Love me some cover My number art. six is Circles by Mac Miller. Uh, Jack, I think you talked, said everything that I, you said you said more than I could say about this album. Uh, I think it's an excellent kind of posthumous send-off for him. Again, I've, words, I yeah. wish we could, could have had the opportunity to hear more from him, but um as a kind of finale to his career he was definitely he was definitely on the up but um it's an awesome finale it's very powerful album very good yeah my number six is (laughs) circles by mac miller the triple whammy Um, Jack, take, take it away. Jack's just taking all my favorite albums and ranking them lower so he can talk about them first it's all part of the plan uh, I think <laughs> I might be doing the same thing here, Corey. Uh, we'll see. Uh, my number five pick is Man on the Moon 3 by Kid Cudi. Um, I talked about Return to Form uh, with uh, with The weekend. This is definitely a return to form for Mr. Rager himself, Scott uh, Muscuti. And man, what a comeback. What a comeback. Oh, did I say it wrong? Muscuti? <laughs> Muscuti. Muscuti would make sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kid Cootie. Um, but what's really cool about this album, I feel like, is obviously he had a major influence on Travis Scott um, with Rodeo and Astroworld. And then now you can hear Travis's influence on Kid Cudi, which I think is a really cool full circle moment um, that we have here. I mean, there there's really not a song on here that I disliked. Um, highlights for me included Damaged, Show Out. Solo Dolo 3 is phenomenal. Um, <laughs> the collab with Phoebe Bridgers on Loving Me is, is fantastic. And then the closing track, Lord I Know. 
I've been meaning to listen to that one. I'll get around to it someday. Maybe tonight. We'll see. Um, what we're on? Number five? Maybe. All right. My number five yes, is sir. Brightest That's Lights right. by Lane 8. Uh, Lane 8 is a uh, progressive house electronic artist. Um, and Brightest Lights, I think it came out in January. And it's, I've been listening. This is... This is probably the album that I've been listening to the most consistently all year. Um, it is by far the most accessible and memorable album from from Lane 8. Progressive House can be a little bit difficult to get into just because it is, you know, it's progressive and you need to kind of like electronic music in order to in order to have that be accessible to you. But this one, I think the longest track on it is under seven minutes, but um which is which is great makes it a lot more accessible it's a lot it's a truly just excellent album nice <laughs> all right well jack's not getting this one my fifth pick is every bad by porridge radio um i don't know if we talked about this one on the podcast this was an album i found uh from christian vossler so i found it a couple months after the fact as well and i loved it at first it's this british indie rock band they're from brighton england um and every listen it just grows on me i i I never imagined it would end up this high on my list but there are so many sticky hooks and sticky lines. Dana Margolin, the lead singer, has all these lines that she like repeats. And at first I found it almost a little bit annoying, but I think it really drives the point home of a lot of her songwriting and stories she's telling. And it's it's a really brilliant record, I think. So number five. Very nice. Um, moving on to uh, our fourth pick. For me, it is Eternal Take by Lil Uzi Vert. Um, my goodness. Uh, the I love how he only has one feature on this entire record um, with Sid on, urgen- Sid on Urgency from the Internet of all people, which I think is so Sid the Kid. So awesome. Um, but the, str- the, the song stretch from homecoming to venetia which is basically the entire record uh i think is just flawless in terms of a uh an uzi standpoint um even on the songs that i didn't think worked super well like silly watch and you better move i love the production on there even though uzi's performance on there i wasn't super thrilled with um but even when songs are lacking in in the in the vocal department i think makes up with uh with the production side um, and I've been really waiting for an Uzi album like this that felt complete in the sense that all the songs felt that they belong together thematically. Um, this is kind of the first time when he puts together an album that uh, uh, has has kind of a storyline that's that's mixed in. Um, he's got this otherworldly feel on the majority of the songs here. Um, and the album kind of is a, is a take on how he broke away from uh, from his former team and is now with Rock Nation, um, so I think I think going forward we're just going to be hearing a lot more from uh, from Mr. Vert. Mr. Vert, because that is real last name. Yeah, first name Lil Uzi, okay. last name Vert. Unique. Um, all right, for this next yeah. one, I'm absolutely cheating really hard because this uh, is this the full 
Um, runtime for this one is only 13 minutes and it's an EP. So you can just never, don't ever invite me back on this podcast again. Um, but it's, <laughs> if you say rumors, by Fleetwood <laughs> it's Mac, not rumors by Fleetwood Mac. I'll give you, I'll give you that. One. <laughs> um, it's, uh, chewing cotton bowl <laughs> by the Japanese house. Yeah. Oh, that's what I, I thought. <laughs> um, this is an just outstanding EP from Amber Bain and the Japanese house. And, um, has also a feature from Justin Vervin, Justin Vernon of Bony Bear, so um, you can't go wrong there. Of course. Um, it's just you know a, a further development of her of her sound and her style, um, and is I just cannot wait to hear more. Hopefully, hopefully next year we'll get uh, more than thirteen minutes from them because this is definitely not enough. I was absolutely itching for more at the end of this EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My next pick is After Hours by The Weeknd, uh, fourth studio album by Abel, and my favorite studio album. I discovered The Weeknd back in high school um, when he was releasing House of Balloons and that those trilogy mixtapes, and I have not really liked an album he's released, and this is front to back his his best work in my opinion since house of balloons at least and he is the biggest rock star of of 2020 uh after hours just gives a glimpse into his rock star lifestyle i mean he he's he's a living legend so I, I, I really enjoyed this one. Alone again, the opening tracks, incredible. Snow Child, Heartless. We've talked about a lot of these, but I, I love every track on this one. Very nice. Uh, moving on to number three, we're in the top three. Um, for me, uh, my pick is Starting Over by Chris Stapleton. This was wow. pretty recently. Um, and I'm not, you know, those who know me, I'm not a huge country music fan but um i make an exception every time a chris stapleton record comes along and with this one i think it's his best album for sure he's he proved that to me he's the best country artist out there uh with this release um i love the grit on devil always made me think twice the epic gut-wrenching cold uh song uh i think that was that was the lead single for this record um, the tribute to his family dog, Maggie's song, love that too. His ode to his hometown, Nashville, uh, front to front to back. I, I, I love this. I don't, it wasn't a track on here. I just liked, um, awesome. Yeah. Um, coming in at number three for me, um, is an album that I wanted to talk about, uh, when I was going to be on the podcast earlier this year. Uh, it is desire by Bob Moses. Um, Bob Moses really absolutely turned a corner with this album um, compared to their 2018 release Battle Lines. Um, absolutely diving deep into it, like a deeper house um, style. And the for me, the whole album is so incredibly fluid. It's almost difficult to pick out each track from the last, um, but each one is completely unique in how it sounds at the same time, which I know doesn't make any sense, but um, you just have to listen to it. It's powerful, catchy, 
um, and will stick in your head. And um, it, I mean, at least it did for me and it made a huge impact on me. I think I'd listen to this one uh, more than most others since it came out. So. Nice. That's another artist I had not heard of until you oh, yeah. uh, told us about him a couple, couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I really like that one. My third pick is Suddenly by Caribou, uh, the 10th studio album by Canadian musician Dan Snaith. And yeah, not a, not a genre I usually um, stick with, <laughs> but kind of kind of similar to how Charlie was describing Bob Moses is this constant swirl of sounds and instrumentation and I, I think I mean I mean there's 12 songs on here but really you I think you have to listen to it as a full full piece of music full composition because every song just floats into the next one uh, but with that being said I think like I loved you and never come back were the two that really stood out to me you and I Sonny's time. They're, they're all they're great. great. I love this album. Yeah. Nice pick. Um, moving on to number two, if you had told me that I would have a Taylor Swift album at my number two spot for 2020, I would have laughed oh my God. right in your face, but look <laughs> at me. I do. It is Folklore by Taylor Swift at my number two. By far my favorite musical direction from all of Taylor's albums that I've heard. I didn't dislike one track on here, although I do wish that she ended the album a, a, a bit stronger. Um, I think the closing track, uh, it, 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 I think it could have packed a little bit more of a punch if she had ended it on Epiphany, uh, other than Hoax. But other than that, that was my only gripe if I am nitpicking a little bit. I love how she only has one feature on here, like we've been saying, uh, with Boney Vare uh, on Exile. And... Uh, I think she she really flexes her songwriting ability on here uh, while thematically putting together a really powerful and meaningful record. Um, and I guess if, you know, I uh, clearly I, I prefer Folklore over Evermore, but I did I did enjoy Evermore as well. Um, that's uh, the sister record for, for Folklore. But um, to me, this was a huge surprise uh, for, uh, for me um, listening to... Uh, to a Taylor Swift album. So um, I, I, I hope that she continues in this kind of direction, although she seems to change musical styles uh, with every every release. So I'm not really banking on it, but uh, I yeah, do love this. I agree with you. Point. I really hope she sticks with this direction. I will definitely be listening to her more if she does. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, coming in at number two for me, um, is another EP, but it is 33 minutes long, so it's kind of bordering on EP versus album. And that is Stay Vibrant by San Holo. San Holo is far and away, I think, my favorite electronic artist that is making music uh, nowadays. Um, his style and his sound are really unique, and I think they stand out on their own. But I think his strength, especially with this EP, is his composition and his com composing work. It's just as a whole, as a whole, as a composition, this EP is really stands out, I think. And I, if this is the direction that he's going to continue to go, which is a 
absolute development from his 2018 album, which was album one, then I cannot wait to hear more. I already talked about that uh, track, In Case I Never See You Again, um, which I think is the standout track on the album, but there's a lot more I could talk about, including Staring at the Sea Without You Next to Me, um, If I Could... If only I could hold you. That's like, yeah, the the tracks are kind of depressing in title, but I think they are compositionally and um, the way they make me feel are really, really special. Very nice. My number two pick, a, a tier above all the albums I've I've said so far. I feel like I could interchange anything from like three to 17 on my list, all, all in the same realm. This is Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist. The Alchemist's uh, second second uh, feature on my top 10. Uh, this is the first collaboration between The Alchemist and Freddie Gibbs. Freddie, uh, a rapper I discovered uh, when he released Pinata back in 2014. I think I discovered it in my sophomore year of college. That was with Madlib. And I think the consensus in rap then was that, like, this was the best thing Freddie's ever done. And he released three albums, I think, after that, prior to last year's Bandana release. And they were all okay albums. Um, None stuck with me too much. But last year, Bandana was my top rap album. We're not calling Igor a rap album. And once again, uh, he takes the top spot. not much more I can say about this album. I, th- I think it's my favorite from Freddie so far. 1970 or 1985 is the intro yeah. track. That guitar sends, ah, man, just a great introduction to that album. And The Alchemist is is a genius on this. I, I, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Honorable mention on my list as well. Uh, that almost snuck in the top 10, but... Couldn't quite crack it. Uh, With all that being said, let's talk about number one. Oh, baby. What's it going to be? Numero uno. And in my my opinion, like, yeah, like Corey said, the other one, the the albums that we've been talking about thus far, you know, those are are great albums. Listen to them. But Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers is, to me, album of the year uh, for many reasons. Um, number one, Garden Song. Uh, number two, I mean, I could just continue to list the track list, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I love the instrumentation on, uh, on the track list. They're not overpowering and it, they really allow for Phoebe's voice to shine, especially on tracks like Garden Song, Kyoto, Moon Song, Graceland 2. Um, but then the, the songs that are more layered in production, like, I know the end and Chinese satellite. I mean, gosh, you have such a great contrast from uh, really slow ballads to epic, um, apocalyptic-sounding tracks. Um, she really, Phoebe, really builds off of uh, that "Stranger in the Alps" album. That I think that was her debut. Uh, shows off a lot of versatility with her voice, lyrically talking about. Um, Anything from her day off in Kyoto on tour to questioning her existence on on the planet to detailing an apocalyptic scenario. Um, It's just, it's got 
so many layers to it. Um, you know, talking about loneliness, loneliness, depression, feeling on top of the world. It is, it's just, it's to me, it's the album of 2020. Excellent pick. I need to listen to that album more. I listened to it like five or 10 times and then moved on to something else, but I'll revisit it since it's your number one, Jack, I'll go back to it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Thank you, you. Charlie. Appreciate it. Number one for me. And this is, I kind of picked this as my number one because I picked, I don't necessarily think it's the best album of 2020 that I, that I, I will either that I listen to or just overall, I don't think I listen to enough music to be able to make a true decision on that, but it's definitely the album that I went back to and it was my first choice to go back to more than any other. And that is notes on a conditional form by the 1975. Um, and I think the major reason why, um, why I kept going back to it is it is an absolute triumph in terms of the production on pretty much every track. And that production comes from George Daniel, who has been a member of the 1975 since its inception. And he is all over other um, artists um, on the Dirty Hit label, including the Japanese house. His style is absolutely, I think, incredibly recognizable and is he does it he can do anything with his style and it's truly, truly incredible. If notes on a conditional form had a subtitle, I think it would be George Daniel goes fricking berserk for an hour and a half. Um, because it seems like they just gave him the reins to the album and said, go crazy, dude. We want to hear whatever you want to make because for, from everything from frail state of mind to, um, I think there's something you should know. Shiny collarbone, Bagsy not in net. If you're too shy, let me know. Having no head, everything. Everything on it has his fingerprints all over it. And I think that's really how it shines. And that's probably the reason why I went back to it so much. For the 10th year in a row, Jack and I have the same <laughs> same uh, album of the year. Uh, I don't know how me, to add. If, if, if you listen to the episode uh, following immediately following the Punisher release, you heard me uh, break down this album one track at a time, so I'll, I'll spare you that. But, uh, yeah, just not, not only a perfect album in a vacuum, but just the perfect album for 2020. Um, I can't get enough of... BB's songwriting, I, I don't really know how she manages to be so uh, pessimistic while also being hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, uh, she con- contains dualities that I, I appreciate. Uh, very, I, I just can't get enough of this record, man. Uh, the Year of Phoebe Bridgers and the Year of Punisher, they're isn't a song I don't absolutely love on here. So Yeah, and I also, I failed to mention too, I don't think now that it released, I don't know if I can talk about Punisher without also mentioning her Copycat Killer EP, which released um, a couple weeks ago. I love the, re- it's basically a remix of four songs from Punisher. Um, and although they, you know, the originals are obviously 
superior, but I do think that uh, she she performed two of them on uh, on late night shows, and I think they're equally as um, as impactful as the original um, in terms of you know just taking it in a in a in a new direction um, and slowing it down a bit. But yeah, like Corey said, it's you know it's it's a flawless record, um, which is why we once again have the uh same number one honorable mention for me about that i loved it too i just didn't listen to it enough yeah well this went a lot longer than i was expecting uh to see my full top 30 uh (laughs) check my social media in a couple days yeah and 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 now we're gonna go Uh, (laughs) so the episode will go two more hours no please dear god yeah, only another two more. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we'll probably post our um, our full list uh, either on uh, uh, on the Instagram. I know Corey's gonna post his full top thirty. Um, I'll definitely be sharing uh, all the songs and albums that uh, that the three of us just shared with you all. Um, on top of obviously sharing this this episode, but uh, if you're still uh, uh, you stay tuned throughout this entire episode, thanks for listening. Um, and we will. Uh, See y'all in uh, 2021 for season three of Isopod. That's right. Big things coming. Thanks for joining us, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie.